You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best. G'day there everyone and welcome to Red Legs Radio. After a week off, just like our players, we're fully refreshed and absolutely excited for the weekend because we've got not one but two massive games for the football club. The league boys are taking on the Adelaide Crows State League team from 135 at Cooper Stadium. And then straight after that, the major semi-final, Norwood taking on Glenelg in the Sanford W competition. What a massive game that is going to be, of course. A lot of the AFLW stars are back in the Sanford W competition and we are very excited to see our Norwood girls go around and hopefully win a berth in the grand final in a fortnight's time. We'll be catching up with the senior coach, Matt Creeper, at the Norwood Football Club a little bit later on. Also hoping to hear from Jacob Kennelly, the young midfielder who, back at the club after a couple of years at Geelong, has been outstanding for the legs in the opening seven games of the season. But we are absolutely thrilled to have joining us today from the advertiser, the chief football writer, Andrew Capel. Andrew, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks, Ben. Great to be with you. Great to have you on board, mate. Uh, let's just talk very uh, briefly, first of all, about uh, the state game that we saw on Saturday afternoon. What did you make of the Sandful State team's performance? Because they looked very, very impressive against the Western Australians. Yeah, I was glad. Uh, I was glad South Australia won. I'm a bit nervous about that game, given the fact that you know we're so uh, so into SA footy. We wanted to win that game. We talk about um, you know SA being the second best competition, the Sanford outside of the AFL, but uh, you have to prove it on the scoreboard as well. If they'd lost to to WA, that question would have been asked. So, terrific result um, for the Crow Eaters, and I thought they played really well. Uh, in the first half, they had most of the footy, just couldn't put them away in the scoreboard. Uh, the Waffle kicked the final goal um, of the second quarter yep. and the first quarter with basically the last play of those terms um, and got within 13 points early in the third quarter. A few nervous moments and then the Crowders kicked five goals in nine minutes and, and ripped the game away from them, one by nine goals in the end. Pretty impressive display. Do the players, and you have regular contact with all of these guys, does state football still mean as much to these guys as perhaps what it did 30 years ago? I think it does. I wrote a column for the Tizer during the week yep. about bringing back State of Origin, mm. basically on the back of spending a fair bit of time with the SA team during the week. I uh, went to training on Tuesday night, um, fortunate enough to be at the Guernsey presentation dinner at Adelaide Oval on Thursday night, and obviously um, in the rooms after the game on Saturday as well. Um, and it means a lot. It Absolutely it does. Um, spoke to, to Bryce Gibbs on the Thursday at the Guernsey presentation evening, Interviewed Matty Broadbent, who won the Foss Williams medal as, as, as SA's best player uh, on Saturday. It, it, actually, I could not believe, I hadn't really given it too much thought, but they hadn't represented um, South Australia at senior level. Mm. Both played under 12, 16s, 18s for the state. 
gone through their entire AFL careers, Bryce Gibbs 14 years, Matthew Broadbent 11, without donning the red jumper. Like that's, that's disappointing. It's sad, isn't it? It is very sad. And, and that just shows you how much we've missed State of Origin. The last time SA played, of course, was in 1999, uh, losing to Victoria at the MCG. When you hear those stories... It did hit me between the eyes. Yeah. We've just got to bring it back. Yeah. Um, and don't tell me the Crows are representing South Australia. They're representing South Australia to some degree, but they're still a club side. Of course. Just like Port Adelaide is. Yep. It's not wearing that famous red South Australian jumper, as Stephen Rowe, the chairman of selectors, and a lot of players call it, the Superman suit. Mm. Um, you grow a leg wearing it. So I've got no doubt they've got to find a way to get State of Origin back on the calendar. But when you see those stories from Broadbent and Gibbs, we've got to bring it back. Yeah. Not next year because we're still finding our feet um, in the AFL from COVID-19. But 2023, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree, Andrew. And I've I, my concern about State of Origin, if it becomes a bit of a pre-season uh, almost friendly shootout, and we don't. It, it's not reflective of how you and I grew up in the eighties watching State of Origin football. That, that was, these epic contests, they were wonderful games of football. But yeah, just the fact that the best South Australian footballers are not wearing the South Australian Guernsey is something that needs to be rectified. Let's hope uh, we can get that rectified sooner rather than later. I want to ask you about the we've, two. We've, nor- got, we've gone through Come. two eras. Yeah, two generations, like twenty years of players not getting that chance. Not getting the opportunity. It's Why just not, not right. You, you can't tell me you can't have it in the middle of a season. Just have a bye for all the teams and play it then. Play one game a year. Sorry, each team plays one game a year. SA Victoria one year, SAWA the next. Mm, have mm. the allies involved. Over a three-year period, you meet every side. Yep. It can't be that hard. Clubs are worried about injuries, but bad luck. Yeah. The AFL needs to make a stand here. Mm, mm. Well, uh, Andrew, I hope so. I'm uh, very supportive. Just very quickly, let's uh, just spend a bit of time talking about the two Norwood players that were involved in the state game. Let's start with the bad news first. Looks like Matthew Nunn may be going to. We haven't got the teams as yet. The teams will be released at the Norwood Football Club. Uh, at the Wolf Plus Community Centre st- during the show. So uh, for those of you very worried about Matthew Nunn, like I am, did a hamstring during the game and it uh, looks like he probably is going to have to miss a week or two. Yeah, it wasn't a bad one from what we saw. Um, just a minor one. You, you didn't see him get injured. He just, let, he just came off um, uh, during the first quarter, had three or four touches early, obviously vice-captain of the team. Um, so you wouldn't have thought that Nord would risk him this week. He's such an important player to that squad. And... Had a, had a good chat with, with Matty Nunn um, at the training session on Tuesday at Thebiton Oval. Um, he was just saying how much he loved the captaincy this year. He thought he was surprised to get it, but uh, he's taken to it like a duck to water, highly respected by his teammates and absolutely relishing the role. So he's so important to that side. What about Michael Noel? What do you make of him? Because he's still learning the craft as such, but already there's uh, AFL clubs that have had a crack at him, and we're probably expecting that that's going to be the case at the preseason draft in a couple of weeks as well. The midseason draft, I beg your pardon, in a couple of weeks as well. Well, of course, he was drafted um, from South Adelaide yep. a couple of years ago when he won the, the Foss Williams medal in the win against WA in Perth. So a similar scenario. It wasn't as dominant uh, last week, but still played his role for the team. And number one ruckman, of course, to South Australia. Uh, didn't get a chance to play an AFL game when he was drafted by Sydney. Had quite a few injuries over there, but he's fit. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get picked up, given the amount of clubs looking for Ruckman. Hey, let's spend a bit of time talking about the mid-season draft because it does come up very shortly uh, on June 2. 
this is such a massive issue for the Sandville clubs, isn't it? And we've seen that it can have a huge negative effects. I mean, South in particular have been probably the club that have been uh, most uh, certainly the worst affected by the mid-season draft. But then you, you get a couple of really good stories as well. We see young Noble, uh, who was mid-season drafted out of West Adelaide and is doing some really strong things at Collingwood as well. Firstly, I just want your honest opinion. What do you make of the mid-season draft as a concept? Oh, I hate it. And, <laughs> and Will Snelly's another player, of course. Yes. Um, also, Noble's teammate at Westies went to Essendon and has done a, done a good job there as well. But you know what? To me, it's totally disrespectful to other state leagues. Um, the AFL clubs scout players four or five years out, even when they're 13 and 14. So there's plenty of intel on them. I know some players develop later. But you've got the national draft. You've got the pre-season draft. You've got the rookie draft. You've now got the supplemental mm. draft yep. uh, in December and goes right through to March, to doesn't it? Yeah. So you've got all that period. You've got so much time up your sleeve to get players. You should not rob other teams during the middle of the year for the sake of half a season. If you want, there's all these injuries this year in the AFL have been more than ever, probably on the back of a shorter preseason due to COVID. Um, but if you want to, if you've got an issue at your football club, they should have a, an AFL mid-season trade period. Yeah, over a week or two weeks, where if if Gold Coast needs a ruckman and Collingwood needs a, a small forward, maybe they can then trade internally or trade future draft picks away. So. That's fine. Have that period, but don't rob other leagues of key players. Just Can you imagine, for example, um, at the moment, the, the Premier Woodville West Torrens could possibly lose Tyson Stengel, mm-hmm. Riley Knight, mm. and or Jack Hayes. Yes. If you take one of those players out, it hurts. You take two out, they probably can't win the Premiership. It completely flips three out. They're lucky to make the final. Completely flips the year, doesn't it's crazy. it? Crazy. The other thing I think is interesting too, Andrew, and this is going to be, I guess, the 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 second year of the mid season draft because we didn't have a mid season draft last year, but we're even seeing clubs already actually deliberately leave holes on their list so that can they can fill it on an at-needs basis in the middle of the year. It's almost like clubs are saying, yeah, we know we're not quite up to working this out at the start of the year. Let's use this little system as a loophole to try. Now, the Adelaide Football Club, I understand Tyson Stengel was a late uh, omission from their list and therefore they're always going to be looking to replace that one. But they deliberately kept a spot on their list free to, to use the mid-season draft and pilfer from a state league club uh, to, to, for the second half of the year. So clubs are already, uh, you, you know, not just utilising it by chance, but actually deliberately looking towards it. Well, two years ago, Sean Grigg from Richmond uh, retired mm. on the eve of the mid-season rookie draft. So they get Marlon Pickett in from <laughs> WA. Obviously it worked because he played in a premiership. But yeah, I, look, I just hate the fact, I think it's totally disrespectful to other leagues that happens. Um, and they, they say, oh, you know, players get an opportunity to play AFL, but they get that opportunity for most of the rest of the year anyway. So, you know, if, they, if, if an SANFL club loses a player now, they're irreplaceable. Mm. You can't grab someone off the Adelaide Footy League and play a key role in a Sandful team. No. So it could cost a team a premiership. Mm. Absolutely it could. So I don't like it at all. I think it's unnecessary and, as I said, totally disrespectful to the state leagues. Should Norwood fans be worried about Michael Noel? I should be concerned, mm. absolutely. Um, and if Matty Nunn hadn't been injured, there mm. would have been an outside chance he could have been picked up as well. So, look, Michael Knowles made no secret of the fact he'd love to get back in the AFL system. And, of course, you have to nominate 
for the mid-season draft. But he, he would want to get back if he could. Um, he's a career footballer, and this might be the only opportunity. So I totally understand that. But if Nord were to lose him now on the back of him replacing Sam Balderstone at the end of last year, it would leave a massive hole in the team. Where you're listening to Red Legs Radio, and we are joined by Andrew Capel, the senior football writer from the advertiser. We're doing it thanks to Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly and climate air conditioning. Come home to a climate. So much to talk about with Andrew Capel after the break, and a big show ahead talking Sandful W and also looking at a number of the functions, events, and supporters going on around the club as well. On the other side, we'll be reviewing the Norwood Football Club season so far, the Sandful season so far. So many other things to talk about. The SIPs. The, the tips, the Sandful stock market. You're listening to Ben Hook and Andrew Capel, and you're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. And we're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Come home to a climate and Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly and remember the hotline for if you have gambling problems, 1-800-858-858. Ben Hook in the studio. I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the advertiser, Andrew Capel. We're about to talk about... Well, where we're at uh, a third of the way through the Sandful season. But if you're a Norwood fan and you're not yet a member, you need to ask yourself, why not? We have 2,910 members. That's against 2,454 at this point last year. We are chasing 3,500. That's the goal. So get on board. It's Norwood FC. Well, www.norwoodfc forward slash membership. You join now. Get behind the new coach, the new captain, and the new recruits. It's a new chapter in the Norwood Football Club, Fortis in Priscilla. And they are going pretty nicely at the moment, the boys. They're sitting in third position, uh, four wins and two losses. Andrew Capel, have you seen Norwood yet this year? I've seen Norwood, uh, yeah, three or four times. Um, round one, so impressive against Port Adelaide. Um Backed it up the week after. Nice win against Sturt at Unley. And then I covered the game at, at the parade on a Friday night where North Adelaide went ballistic. Mm, um, mm. Tight start. Then they blew Nord away, which is really uh, surprising. Um, and then again the week after when I was expecting Nord to bounce back against the Bloods. Yep. Richmond Oval. Um, dominated the first quarter. Couldn't put it on the scoreboard. And then um, they were pretty much outplayed in the second half. So at that stage, at 2-2, I thought maybe we'd overrated the Red Legs, but they bounced back pretty well since in a great win against uh, previously unbeaten uh, South Adelaide uh, at the parade, of course, um, and then nice win against Central Elizabeth and never easy to beat out there. So at 4-2, um, they're sitting okay. What, what do you – do you worry about those just completely head-shaking performances? I mean, they were competitive against West Adelaide, but just did not fire a bullet against North. Do you put – too, can, is it easy to put too much weight in that one negative over and above what they've done as a body of work across the six weeks? No, it's hard to get a real handle on Nord. Um, I thought they were pretty poor against Westies, actually, the, the, the following week, given yep. they had so much to play for, and I expected them to bounce back pretty hard. But um, so I said, two good wins, two bad losses, and then then two nice wins since then. Very impressive against South when they uh, their pressure game uh, really came to the fore on that Friday night. Um, hard to get a read on, on Nord. I, th- I think their best, obviously, is very, very competitive. Um, and clearly, their worst is pretty poor. So 
Well, I certainly don't think they're among the top three teams. Um, they're probably in that fourth or fifth preseason. I had them between four and six, um, and I'm not changing on that at the moment. Of course, Paul Piopolo, um took that fantastic <laughs> mark, I think, against the Panthers. It was, yeah, round five against yeah, South. Outstanding. Um, he, he missed the last game through, through general soreness. You know, he's 33 years of age. You understand that. He hasn't really fired for a complete game yet. He's the missing link. I think if he can really hit top form, um, that'll make a difference for Nord. And Jackson Callow, of course, a recruit from Tasmania, trained pre-season with Hawthorne. He's another one that Nord has to worry about mm. losing in the mid-season draft. He's a high-end talent. Uh, I really like the way he goes. He hasn't struck a four, put a four-quarter game together yet. But uh, if, he can, if he can stay at the club for the rest of the year, uh, and keep progressing and start kicking, turning his you know ones and twos into threes, fours and fives. Uh, that'll make a big difference for Nord. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on uh, well, a couple of the young guys. But before that, I want to ask you about Cameron Shenton. Where do you think he belongs? Is he a defender or is he an attacker? He's been a defender for five years at the Norwood Football Club, and Jade Rawlings has pushed him up forward, and I think he looks pretty good. What do you reckon? You need two of him <laughs> because I actually like him at both ends of the ground. Yeah. I think he's a very, very good defender. Um, and as he's shown the past few weeks too, he can also kick a goal. It gives you a leading target up forward. So ideally you'd have him at both ends of the ground. If Norwood had a stronger attack, and, and that's been a bit of a, an issue is kicking goals. If you had a more powerful attack, I'd leave him down back. But given where the club is at the moment and his value up forward, happy to leave him there. As long as you can get the job done defensively without him, um, his value probably is an attack at the moment. Let's talk about uh, Norwood's midfield. Uh, we've got Nunn, Kennelly, uh, Jed Spence has spent a bit of time around the middle of the ground. Nick Rokar plays a bit of a defensive role as a midfielder. You've got uh, Richard Douglas, who spends most of his time on, on the wing, uh, as well as Brad McKenzie as well, who's moved from defence into the middle of the ground. Where do you think that bats up against the best def- best midfields in the competition? Of course, Mitch Grigg has, has yeah, been dropped yeah, that's right. Yes. So he, he, Jewel McGarry medal, I see, missing his input in there. Um, and Don Barry provides a bit of spark. He's also lost his spot in the team and, as well. And that would suggest that there's some there's some ability around if you can leave those two guys out. Yeah. My, my issue for Nord, and, and a lot of those are good contested ball winners, just, just a lack of – Richard Douglas hasn't as quick as he once was, still mm. a very good Stanford footballer. But you're just missing a little bit of pace through there. Obviously, Don Barry would provide that when he's in form. Um, Anthony Wilson provided it previously with yeah. that, that run and dash through. Providing through it for the Paynham Norwood oh, Union now. Exactly. So um, there's some good contested ball winners in there, clearance-wise. Um, I just think there's a lack of run in there. That might be an issue moving forward. You've got to find someone with a bit more, more speed. I remember you're at the Sandville pre-season launch, Andrew, and you were speaking alongside Tim Ginever and Stephen Rowe, gave your opinion on how you think the year would play out. Any changes after six weeks? Uh, the only, I think the bottom, I think from seven to ten, I think those teams are sitting in those positions as we forecast then. The one I had finishing higher was Port Adelaide. Mm. Um, purely on the back of, you know, if they had a decent run at AFL level injury-wise, I reckon they would have almost been unbeatable. Yeah. Um, they've been whacked um, with the injuries at the top end and obviously also a four-match suspension to, to Scotty Lysette, which impacts on, on your sample team. So they're actually travelling quite nicely given the fact mm. they've had so many injuries at 3-3 and they've lost an hourly to the unbeaten Glenelg and, and second-placed uh, South Adelaide too. So they could easily be 5-1 and um, if they had their best players, well, that'd be a scary proposition. But having said that, 
you know, Tom Rockcliffe looks like he'll miss the entire season now with, you know, deep vein thrombosis on yep. the back of two knee surgeries as well. So they're getting some really, um, really bad injuries. Butters, of course, and Dersma, their long-term injuries as well. So they might struggle to force their way into the top three. Um, Glenelg and South Adelaide, um, I have them just below uh, North and the Eagles as mm. well. Um, the Eagles have, have taken some time to settle with so many, you know, eight premiership players left in the off-season. And North Adelaide's been the surprise packet as far as form is concerned at two and four, but they've got the third best percentage in the competition. Yeah. We saw what their best is capable of doing against North. I think they'll, they'll rebound as well. So not a lot of surprises um, and still a lot to play for because, you know, you need to really make the top three if you're going to contend for the flag. Uh, should North fans be worried? Well, they should be concerned. Um, I've spoken to Jacob Surgeon about this a lot. He he was concerned but not worried mm. because we know their best is good enough. Sure. Um, and that their last performance against Westies, who had been pretty competitive, they smashed them by 11 goals. So they're sitting just outside the top five in, in sixth spot, but with a very healthy percentage. So I still think they'll make the top five. And probably push Port out, you think? Well, I, th- I, th- I still think Port will make it. Mm. Um, if, if they get some players back, their draw opens up a little bit for them now. Um, it's just going to be super competitive for those top six spots. Yeah. I think there's, as we said pre-season, there's probably six um, teams vying for five spots. Sure. And also for those top three positions. And Nord's one of them. I mean, yeah. Nord isn't safe No, in the top five, given... You know, Glenelg unbeaten. They play South at Norlunga on Sunday. Um, Cracking game, that'll be. And the Bays haven't won at Norlunga since 2013. Sure. Um, You know, the Eagles are still very competitive um, and Nord, Port and North. So still those top six are fighting out. Let's spend a bit of time talking about the game between Nord and the Crows on Saturday afternoon. Early start, of course, that will accommodate the 4.15 start for the uh, second semi-final in the uh, Women's League, which I know Norwood fans will be tremendously excited to see uh, their girls out there on Cooper Stadium and, of course, uh, your girls as well. We just declare that you do have a bit of a foot in the Glenelg camp. I think that would be fair enough to say, even though, uh, you know, every journalist is completely impartial these days. But um, it got a, got a, a history in Glenelg. I mean, Ed Marinoff... I Glenelg, uh, Glenelg Hospital, so uh, <laughs> that's where the Glenelg connection comes from. Ed Marinoff will be uh, a massive inclusion there for uh, for the Glenelg girls. Let's just talk about the men's team, though, for a minute. My, here's my one issue with Norwood. Um, and this is probably something that goes back three or four years ago. I've always felt that they, as a playing group, and this is a previous era, had they, they used to look at the Crows team and they used to see 14 AFL-listed blokes and they used to think, oh, this might be a bit tough. They didn't quite embrace the challenge. Now, I don't think that's necessarily a factor, new coach, uh, number of new players, but I just reckon that's been a knock on Norwood against the against the Crows in the past, and that's why their record's not that good against them. Very different now, and of course, the Adelaide Crows team is still there's a lot of a lot of kids with their L plates on. Of course, they're just finding their way as uh, just coming out of junior football. Where do you see uh, where do you see this game, and where do you see Adelaide in particular as the as they build through the second half of the year? Well, there was once an unwritten law. If you had um, 15 or 16 AFL players playing against you, it was very hard to win. Yep. Um, and that happened in 2019, mm-hmm. of course, when um, both Port and Adelaide uh, finished in the top three. Yes. Uh, Port lost the grand final to the Bays and um, and Adelaide uh, made the preliminary final. So that, that year, they didn't have too many injuries. They were very, very hard to beat. At the moment, um, the games I've covered for the Crows this year, they've had 11 and 12 AFL listed players. Okay, yep. 
which makes it pretty tough. And, yeah. and as you touched on hooky, a lot of those um, players aren't overly experienced, mm. um, given the fact Adelaide drafted so heavily last year. You know, guys like Luke Peddler and, um, and some of these young kids that have come through, just first-year players, Braden Cook, who missed most of the off-season through a shoulder surgery. So they're pretty inexperienced. The bonuses they do have, if they have 11 or 12, you can add Matthew Wright, obviously, still a very good – he's their captain, still yep. a very good sample player. And Daniel Jackson, I would imagine he'd play this week, given the fact they had a he's rest had a last off. week. He's been in super form. Um, I gave him their best against Sturt a few weeks ago. Kicked had 21 touches, kicked two long goals. Mid-season draft. Well, <laughs> at 35. <laughs> Could do worse. <laughs> but so there's so you can basically add those two to your AFL list, which gives them, you know, that 13 or 14. But uh, I think if they don't have more than that, that Norwood should be too strong. Yeah, yep. Um, let's just quickly wheel through the other game. I believe you're right too. I think Norwood will win. And I reckon they'll win pretty comfortably on the weekend. Week off, freshened up a few of the older guys. Puopolo should come back. Douglas gets a week off. He's had uh, the week off, of course, against, uh, I think he missed round four as well from memory. So he'll be nice and fresh and I'm and expecting. the Crows playing uh, Melbourne at Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon after their sample team plays. They've got to leave another player out yes. of that game on yep. standby as well. Yeah, that's right. And of course, and we even, even the top-ups, you know, the top-up players that the Crows have been able to access have been a little bit limited as well. Let's quickly wheel through the other matches uh, around the competition this weekend. West Adelaide and Eagles, your tip? Uh, at Richmond Oval, um, the Eagles have so much more to play for, obviously, given the fact that uh, you know they're struggling a little bit last year's Premier. I think they'll be too strong, even though West are very competitive. Their big Tasmanian recruit, Kieran Lovell, has missed the last five or six weeks. When he comes back into that team, he'll be a great addition, but I think he's going to miss at least one more with a bad calf strain. Sturt and Central District. Uh, this game is at Unley Oval. And Sturt, pretty impressive in the loss against Glenelg a fortnight ago. Yeah, very impressive. Um, hit the front uh, the uh, entry time more in the final quarter. Then Luke Reynolds bobbed up with the match-winning goal for Glenelg with two minutes left. Um, Sturt, very, very well structured. Got some injury problems, but I think Marty Matten is building a really, uh, really strong team for the future. And at home, they should be too good. Uh, we agree on everything here so far. I'm going Norwood, Eagles and Sturt as well. Let's move on to the game between Port Adelaide and North Adelaide, which I reckon is a really interesting one here, uh, AC. Yeah, Albert and Oval. Um, gee, tough to beat Port there. Um, again, they'll have to leave a player out given the fact they're playing at the MCG against Collingwood on Sunday. North of, I still rate North very highly. Mm. I think their best is as good as anyone. Um, so I'm going for the Roosters. Yeah, I think so too. I, 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 it's always tough to win down at Alberton, but I just reckon North Adelaide, I reckon you will see them really improve in the second half of the year, and I reckon it might just start this weekend. The final game, which is clearly the match of the round, South Adelaide taking on Glenelg down there at Norlunga. What a cracking game this is going to be. And Bryce Gibbs, of course, uh, playing against his, his, old club. His, his original club, Glenelg, for the first time, controversially joined the Panthers instead of the Tigers in the off-season, he's one of the favourites for McGarry Medal. He's been mm. fantastic. He was in a two-horse race with Matty Broadbent for the for the Foss Williams Medal last week. Um, I think he finished second in the voting for that one. Had yep. an outstanding game. So um, that's going to be you know a bit of a uh, subplot in, in the whole game. Glenelg, as I said earlier, hasn't beaten South at Norlunga since 2013. 
So I think it's going to be a very tight game. Um, I'm going for the Panthers by a whisker. Yeah, I think the Panthers as well. So I think we're five from five uh, there, Andrew. Is that good or bad, mate? I'm not sure. Uh, well, it's probably <laughs> bad for you because my tipping has been notoriously poor for many, many years. Uh, before you go, for, thanks to Findex Financials, great supporter of the Norwood Football Club, we play a little game called Sandful Stock Market. And we treat Sandful clubs or players or coaches a little bit like tradable commodities on the stock market. So... I'm just going to ask you, uh, AC, who you would like to buy, who you would like to sell, and who we'd like to hold from a Sandful perspective. And I'm going to kick it off here. For my buy of the week, I'm going to buy shares in the Sturt Football Club. Now, they lost last or a fortnight ago, and they're well out of the eight, uh, out of the ten, out of the the uh, final five at the moment. They're sitting in seventh. They're only two and four. But gee, I thought they were impressive against Glenelg. And if you can play well against Glenelg, I reckon you've got some upside. They're at home this weekend. They're against Central District, a tide that's been struggling a bit, sitting on the bottom. So I'm expecting a bump from the Double Blues after this weekend. My purchase will be the Sturt Football Club. Okay, um, I've sort of broken this into different teams, looking at the ladder. Love it. If that's okay with, Go for with it. you. Um, I'm going to buy the top two. It seems strange to buy them, but I think Glenelg... Price is high. I, I know, but I think Glenelg and South are the real deal. One of them's um, got a, one of the prices has got to drop this week, AC. Well, not necessarily, given the fact that... Um, I mean, one of them's going to lose, but I still think they really are zeroing in on top they're, three they're like a They're like a BHP, a bankable stock, you reckon, mate? Mate, I'm taking the big view. <laughs> I'm taking the premiership view... Long term. ...my buy, sell and hold Good stuff. today, rather than just one week. I'm a far more chaotic player. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not on regularly, so I'm just going to sort of look at Fair the enough. big picture here, Can't mate. Argue. So I'm, I think they're the real deal. And the other one I want to buy stock in, um, as we touched on, even though they they are six, is North Adelaide. Yep. I reckon they are ready to turn the corner. We might have seen that a little bit against Westies, um, as you touched on a huge game against Port, but I think uh, they're one I'd sort of invest in to, to move forward. Get them while they're uh, low and uh, watch the price climb. I'm going to sell some Glenelg. AC, which I know is a big statement because you've just bought them, so we might be doing our own little personal trade here. But their price is sky high at the moment, and I'm happy to take them right now. They've got to go down to Norlunga, play against South Adelaide, and I reckon that's a pretty tough test. I'm going to happily cash out now, just watch the price drop a little bit and see if I maybe invest back into them in a week or so. I reckon you might, because I don't think Lenil will hit their peak yet. Okay, right. six 6-0. I don't think they've played. I spoke to Brett Hand, their coach, after their win against Sturt. They haven't played one four-quarter game which is why I still want to buy six players in the state team last week. Yep. When they put it together, I'm not saying it'll be this week, given the challenge of South, but when they put it together, they could be scary. Can't knock you. You're taking a long-term view. I'm happy to see if I can uh, maybe get a better price of them in a week or two's time. Who are you going to sell this week, Andy? Uh, I'm selling some of those teams who I think are done as far as making the finals are concerned. Okay. Central. Gone. Gone. Adelaide. Gone. Gone. Yep. Competitive, but gone. Can't argue. Westies have improved under Brad Gotch. He'll take them forward, but they're not going to make the finals either. So it's a race in seven, you reckon? It's, can Sturt still make it? Well, or would you sell your reason, Sturt shares too? No, the reason I haven't sold Sturt is basically on the back of what you had just touched on as well. I think Sturt are moving forward. I don't think they're going to force their way into the top five because mm. there's better teams. But I do like the direction of that footy club. Just see if you can hang on to them for a little bit longer. I'm going to work out what I'm going to hold on to is I'm actually going to hang on to the Norwood Sandful team. And it's a nice little segue because we'll be catching up with Matt Creeper after the break. I think it's a big ask against Glenelg this weekend, and I'm not 100% confident they'll get the job done against the Tigers. But 
whether it's this week or next week, I'm absolutely certain these girls will win through to a grand final in a fortnight's time. So that will be my hold. I'm hanging on to my Norwood Sample W shares. Yeah, it's a fair call. I do rank uh, right Norwood in the, in the Sample W. I'm, I'm going to hold on to the Eagles, 3-3. Port, 3-3. And Norwood, 4-2. I think the next couple of weeks will determine their seasons. Yeah, so you are just going to hang on to basically you're buying the absolute top end. You're going uh, to rec- plus North Adelaide. Plus North Adelaide. You are six. buying North Adelaide. That's yep. right. Yeah, so you can see them rise. You're going to hang on to those teams in the middle that are still in contention. And there's three teams that you've put a line through for uh, season 2021. Gone. Good work. Hey, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. We've really appreciated your company here on Red Legs Radio. Pleasure, mate. Been good fun. Andrew Capel there is the Chief Football Writer for The Advertiser. You go to theadvertiser.com.au or you buy your copy of The Advertiser and you can read everything that Andrew and uh, all of the team there in the Advertiser Sport Department are writing about every week. We appreciate his company. We're off to a break. On the other side, we're going to be talking Sandful W. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. That's right, you are listening to Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and to Palmer Bed, of course, gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 is the gambling helpline. We turn our attention to the second semi-final on Saturday afternoon, 4.15pm at Cooper Stadium. Straight after the men have got the job done against the Crows, we're looking forward to seeing our girls get the job done against Glenelg in the second semi-final and win their way straight through to a grand final in a fortnight's time. On the line now is the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club. His name is Matt Creeper, and he's been good enough to join us and take us through the big game on Saturday afternoon. Matt, welcome back to Redlegs Radio. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, Matt, you must have been really delighted with an emphatic performance to round out the minor round against the Eagles last weekend. Yeah, it was a good final hit out for us. Um, yeah, we talked about momentum uh, going into finals and that we wanted to have a really strong performance in that last minor round and that's exactly what we got so uh, yeah taking in some good momentum into the second semi-final it's a t- 10 goal win and that's a big margin in Sandful W footy but you played against the bottom team is that the ideal preparation to go in against a big game against Glenelg oh you can look at it two ways I guess you could look at it that yes the competition wasn't overly strong um, but you've still got to execute as well so you know we tried a few things and we had a few players that uh, weren't playing on the day as well so there was opportunity for others so um, yeah, while it's not great in terms of yeah getting a 10-goal win um, against the bottom team, um, we've had some good head-outs in, in the weeks previous as well that um, you know have certainly tested us, and uh, we feel that we're in pretty good shape. I want to ask you about your forward line that was absolutely dominant on the weekend. I think we saw three goals from Zarella, three goals from Spawn, another one to Drake, who's been a really important player up forward for you. It must be nice to see a forward line firing going into a big semi-final like you've got ahead of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want the you want the big guns firing at the the back end of the season. So, um, finding some good form and, and Rosette uh, Zarella, she's been she's been fantastic for us. Um, come back from a knee reconstruction, I think it was in around about round three or four, and and uh, it's taken her a while to to find her feet again and get that confidence up. But she's working really well, and and uh, Erica Spawn, who's transitioned from the back line up forward, um, yeah, beautiful kick for goal and you know big strong strong body and really good hands and, and she's finding some form at the right time as well and 
and Liz Drake always chimes in and uh, kicks a one or two. So, yeah, it's it's really good and, and really pleasing to have them firing. I want to talk to you briefly about your midfield. I noticed that you don't have anyone in the top 10 individuals for uh, most disposals in the competition, yet you seem to your, your midfield seems to be gelling really well. Is that one thing you've tried to establish, is, is an overall even spread amongst your players? Yeah, well, I think um, if you're going to rely on too few to get the job done through the midfield, um, you're probably going to come unstuck. So we have a number of players that go through there, and we just share the load and, and rotate them. And you know, sometimes... Um, you know, there's ones that will step up and, and get plenty of touches and other times it's a, a more even spread. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're sort of relying more on, on getting that even spread across the board and, and not, um, you know, focusing on, on too few. At the, at the behest of talking about not wanting to focus on too few, having Nadge Allen back into the team over the last couple of weeks must be a great asset, Matt. Oh, absolutely. And she can play anywhere too. So, you know, she's played midfield, she's played a bit of back, she plays a bit of forward, so... Yeah, wherever we may need her, uh, she can go there. So uh, very versatile player, coming off a really good season with the Crows. And, and uh, yeah, she's a really handy addition to our side and the girls have welcomed her back. Talking about big additions into any side, Ebony Marinoff is in the Glenelg team. Have you got any special plans for her? I mean, do you do you have the, I guess, the, the intellectual property to explain to your players, you know, the art of tagging and those sorts of things? Or do you just sort of go head to head with her and see what you end up with? Uh, we're not really interested in tagging. Um, we, we're just more focused on on us and, and what we can do and how we play. So if we play well and execute, well, you know, she probably doesn't come into play. But mm. you know, clearly, you know, we have to we have to probably put a little bit of work into to getting a, a decent match up on her. But it, it certainly won't be tags or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll certainly be focusing more on our game and getting that right. And also, uh, young Bates as well, been a really important player for them. So I imagine she's someone you're at least going to have to be conscious of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's a quality player, um, very strong around the contest, and uh, she's always in at the in at the stoppages and, and centre ball up. So yeah, she's another player that um, you know we'll have to make sure that we cover off on. Describe what you get out of Leah Cutting, Matt. Uh, she's uh, the ruck in your team, but I noticed that she uh, had six tackles on the weekend and is third overall in the competition for tackles. So it's more than just uh, jumping up and getting the tap. She's doing a lot of work on the ground as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, she's she's another versatile player for us, and yeah, gets a hand on it a lot. But um, gives us first use. She has plenty of clearances, plenty of tackles. Works really well around the ground. Um, she's she's a complete ruckman, and that's exactly what you want from a ruck. And uh, yeah, she's uh, in great form at the minute, coming back from uh, an injury a few weeks back. But um, yeah, she's primed and ready to go. Uh, you'll be playing straight after the men's game, Matt. So we're expecting, I imagine there'll be, you know, still a crowd of around 1,500 to 2,000 when the girls hit the field. Uh, have you had any discussions about the fact that it's probably going to be a little bit more raucous than what they've dealt with in the past? Oh, no, not at all, really. Um, yeah, we're hoping that happens. You know, we're hoping the, the fans stick around and, and support us. It's been a good year for the girls and it'd be really good for... You know, the, the people that are there to watch the reserves and, and uh, senior men's play to stick around and to support the girls as well. So um, I think they're quietly excited about having having um, that support. And, you know, it's not something we're going to you know, mention too much or, or focus on, um, but it's just an added bonus that we're playing at home and, and we can have that support. Uh, Matt, what, what's the uh, schedule between now? Let's say it's, uh, you know, it's about six o'clock on uh, Thursday evening. What's the schedule for your girls between now and 4.15? 
Um, pretty much the same, same. We, we're not changing anything. We've talked about process and method and, and um, pathways and everything that we've um, adhered to since the start of pre-season. So we really don't change a whole lot. Um, we'll have another session, you know, which will be really, really light on Friday night just to get the girls together, have a bit of fun, a bit of a captain's run, um, and then uh, we'll be primed and ready to go on Saturday. Matt, we're that excited for you. Go very well on Saturday afternoon, 4.15 against Lanelg. It's the second semi-final of the Sandford W competition. Matt, thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. No worries, thank you. Matt Creeper there, the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club Sample W team. He's uh, the minor premiership coach and, of course, now trying to steer the girls through towards the flag in a couple of weeks' time as well. Great for Matt to join us. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we'll be catching up with the team from People's Choice. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. That's right. We're in the final term here at Redlegs Radio. We're doing a thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and to Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. It is time for us to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about one of the great partners of the Norwood Football Club. I'm talking about People's Choice. They're heavily involved in this weekend's game against the Crows. Joining us is Stuart Simons from People's Choice. Stuart, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be involved uh, very heavily in the game this weekend. I think there'll be all sorts of things going on around the ground. You and the team are coming to the lunch, uh, which is a fantastic lunch. Great MC at the lunch, I might just let you know. <laughs> Tell sure. us a little bit about what's going on this weekend. Yeah, lots happening this this weekend. It's a bit of a feature match, I suppose, for People's Choice. You know, we've been a sponsor, um, you know, for a while now, uh, since last year, but um, given the restrictions we saw last year with COVID-19, with, with footy matches, uh, this is the first time we've had the opportunity to have that really rig- big, big presence on ground this year. So really excited about it. Obviously, the usual things like signage and all that kind of stuff, but lots of great stuff for the fans. So we'll have a, a great sort of handball activation for the fans. Uh, we'll have our staff handing out merchandise. We'll have a presence with uh, a marquee there as well. So if people actually want to ask some questions about their banking and if we can help them for a better deal, we can do that. So lots of great things going on. We can't wait. Uh, why the Norwood Footy Club? I mean, it's you're a statewide, you're an Australian-wide organisation, People's Choice. Why are you specifically involved with the legs? Yeah, there's a few reasons. I mean, that, that's right. Although we're, we're proudly head officed here in Adelaide, uh, we have uh, uh, members across Australia. Um, but I, and, and of course, we have a range of different community sponsorships that we have around different areas where, where we work. Um, I think for Nord, you know, there was a lot of recognition there that we've, we've um, been in that area for a long time. We've had a branch on the parade for 20 years. Um, it's really been a bit of a heartland of our membership for a long time, and we've, we've seen good business from it. Um, and, you know, we really like to align with organisations that have great community values as well. Uh, and the club clearly does, uh, you know, it's a, just absolutely uh, at the heart of the Norwood community, does a lot uh, for helping, you know, up and coming players and all of that. So um, a lot of elements to it that we liked. We liked also the, the sponsorship of other elements like the women's team and so on as well. So lots to love about it. Well, my understanding was that your CEO, Steve Laidlaw, is a mad Norwood man, and that's probably where it begins and ends. Well, there was that, but, you know, we, we do the right thing by governance, and he actually had to leave the room uh, with, <laughs> with the conversations were being had for this one. Otherwise, it would have been a fait accompli. Um, but, yeah, that's right. He sort of grew up uh, around there. His uh, his dad had a butcher shop on the parade. He was a big a big fan, uh, you know, in the 80s, in the heyday of, you know, Asian Rocky Roberts and those guys and, you know, some, some great grand finals. So, um, yeah, so it didn't take much convincing for him, um, but the business case for it also really stacks up. People's Choice are great supporters of the People's Choice Award where you get 
to vote for who you think was the best player over the course of the weekend. We're going to go back to the Central's game in round six, a little bit over a week ago now. Jackson Callow, 137 votes he landed, which is quite incredible. Jacob Collins on 20, Nick Rokar on seven. So that means the leaderboard for the People's Choice Award. Jackson Callow on 143. Jacob Collins on 51, Nick Rokar on 22, single figures the rest. Just perhaps tell us a little bit about uh, People's Choice and what maybe some of our listeners wouldn't know about what uh, the organisation is involved in and how it how it how its heart beats, if you like. Yeah, that's right. So People's Choice uh, has been around for about seventy years. We're actually the largest independent financial institution based in South Australia. Um, so we're, a, I guess, a customer-owned uh, uh, banking organisation. So rather than being a listed bank like the big the big four, uh, we're owned by our members, uh, and so we provide retail banking services like home loans and personal loans and uh, savings and deposit accounts and insurance and that sort of thing. So all the usual sort of uh, banking that most you know mums and dads and families would need. Um, but I guess the difference with us is because we're member-owned, we're not there trying to drive down you know uh, costs and, and getting a return for shareholders. We reinvest uh, any profits we make into better deals for our members. So, yeah, employ about 800 people here in South Australia, one of the larger head offices, uh, and 350,000 members around Australia, about 10 billion assets. So, yeah, really good SA successful. Stuart, thank you so much for joining us on Red Legs Radio. Appreciate your company, appreciate your support of the Norwood Football Club. Well, that wraps it up for the show this afternoon. Thanks so much for your company. Looking forward to seeing you Saturday afternoon. Norwood taking on the Crows. See you all at the footy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.